and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. today's episode, I've asked Carly Earlbeck, our uh, lead in early career talent acquisition here. Uh, she actually manages a team and strategy for the past two years that focuses on university recruiting, um, including Paylocity's internship program, which is recognized as one of WayUp's top 100 internships in 2020. Uh, she also has more than 15 years of recruitment experience, focusing extensively on scaling and innovating early career talent strategies in a variety of industries, including technology, consulting, consumer goods, and retail. Carly, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sherry. So you are a repeat offender, so it's glad to have you on the podcast today. You know, we've been talking about recruiting both internally and externally as such a hot topic right now as the war for talent kind of rears its ugly head in a good way <laughs> um, back as people get back to work. And I know that we're past the time where campus recruiting is really in full swing, but I wanted to talk about the process now for our listeners as they plan out the recruiting strategies for next year. So maybe start with this. Why is campus recruiting overall something companies need to plan and think about? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's a great time to start talking about it right now, Sherry. So perfect timing. Uh, you know, first, I think it's helpful to define college recruiting and campus recruiting for, for folks out there. So it is finding, engaging with, and then hiring those entry-level talent um, as interns or postgraduate full-time hires is how um, we kind of look at it across the industry. Um, so, you know, now why? So I'm going to turn it around a little bit on you. And I'm going to say, what if I told you that I, as a TA professional, can find you um, almost 20 million people who are open to training, development, looking to continue education, hungry to develop careers and skill sets, um, naturally tech savvy as they're immersed in the digital culture basically since birth. All of this while also being the most diverse generation yet. Over 50, almost 50% of them are minorities. Would you be interested? That's why we do college recruiting. Um, so, you know, also I'd just say the icing on the cake is they bring energy to any company um, and fun along the way. I love that definition. Do you think that the size of your organization matters when you start to think about campus recruiting? Short answer, no. Um, but let me explain a little bit. So if you have entry-level positions and you want to hire um, in, develop your hires within your organization and grow your own, as we like to call it, um, it's a great way to do that in a very um, you know, eco-friendly, budget-friendly way as well. Um, you know, medium to big companies are more commonly um, folks that would have a bigger team that are able to do more hiring on campuses um, and utilize bigger resources and kind of a bigger budget um, to really get a lot more um, of the scale of hiring in early career and on, on um, college recruiting. But I've seen a lot of small companies do a really good job of they have one or two jobs every year that they know that they want to have an early career talent. They want an entry level role in and do a great job. It's just that they need to be very purposeful, targeted and invest in making it a good supportive environment 
And you need to do that whether you're small or medium or a big sized um, um, org. Smaller orgs are probably just going to focus on one or two more local schools and personal relationships where larger orgs have to go out a little bit bigger. And it's just a difference in scale, in my opinion. One of the things that I find really interesting in this process is identifying which schools, high schools, even um, colleges, community colleges to target. What's your recommendation on trying to narrow that down? And I mean, and obviously based on your demographics, that will set things up if it has to be on site and it's not remote and all those kind of things. But how have you worked through that process in, in different companies you've been at? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's all first to set an idea of what that strategy is. So as you mentioned, there's so many different things that can kind of come into play. Um, what One of the ways that you can make it um, more personalized to your company is, are you going to be specific to certain schools or be more school agnostic? So the new, you know, new normal for us in the virtual world has made it a little bit easier to actually be school agnostic. Our tech hiring, for instance, is school agnostic. So we're able to um, hire people from all over the United States that have the qualifications that we want. It's really easy to just do that more virtually at this point. Um, but then if you're really looking at focusing on core schools and relationships, which we do in um, some of our other early career programs, um, you know, what roles are you hiring for? So looking through what are the majors that make sense? Um, what, um, you know, if you're hiring a software engineer, you're going to need a computer science major um, type of thing. What makes sense? And then where are those majors at, at the schools? So some schools don't offer certain majors or don't have that right fit. You're also going to want to see where they want to work. Um, so where do the early career people want to work out of the school? So if you're, um, you know, want people in a certain location, don't just look at that small radius though around where you're at. So a great example there is where in the Schaumburg, Chicagoland area, you actually can cast a large net of different schools that all their graduates back to um, the Chicagoland area. Um, so as I think about it, um, you know, Indiana, Illinois, Purdue, Michigan schools, et cetera, et cetera, all their grads tend to want to come back to Chicago. So you can actually look at, okay, which of those schools is a better match to the majors and the culture and the characteristics that are important to you in your hiring um, on that side of things, which is um, makes it a little bit easier and, and broadens it out a little bit. So don't feel like you just need to look at that direct location. Um, and then one other thing that I'm always looking at and we're always looking at is diversity. So looking at what is the diversity makeup, not only the gender or the ethnic diversity, but also the diversity of thought and background that makes up those that student population. Um, you know, I could probably keep going on all the different things we look at. Um, we actually have a really large matrix that we've built out in Excel of all of the things that are important to us, um, schools that we've researched and, and so that we capture that data. And then that data helps us and we use it as a guide on our recommendations. We don't make it, it doesn't make our decisions for us, but we use it as our recommendations and, and have larger conversations about it. I love that you have leaned into data. We talk about that so much. Um, and it there's there's nothing safe from using data. So doing that research is really cool. Um, you know, you you named some some big name schools and I thought about this before, but what coaching have you given, you know, managers or leaders and they're like, you know what, I only want candidates from 
Harvard, Yale, Purdue, The Ohio State University. How do you have that conversation about um, pulling in reasoning and, and equity and diversity and all those kinds of things you need to think about? I think one is having that data, right? And being able to speak to this. These are schools that we've researched. We feel strongly are a great match. Great. I'm glad you're proud of your your alum. I am a very proud Big Ten alum at uh, Illinois. Everyone that works with me knows that, as you know, Sherry. But and I will always go this, and you can always get engagement back on campuses um, that way. But also, is it thoughtful, and are you getting that ROI? So there are a couple schools that we have been going to a lot, um, and we just weren't getting the hires. So really looking at that data and see stating that case and being sensitive because everybody wants to go back and hire from there and bring more alums in. But I think it's leading your conversation with data has always been um, the easiest way to have that conversation. They're always still awkward though. Right. Once you've identified those schools, how do you go about getting your foot in the door? Because now you're not even competing for candidates. You're competing for the right to present to candidates. Yeah. Um, so it's reach out. It's all about that reach out. Now is the perfect time to start reaching out to those schools. So career centers, professors, clubs, um, different um, folks within the business. So I actually just had a call this morning with um, one of the schools that we target for our operations team and just having that conversation now of, okay, this is how we did last year. This is what we want to look at next year, or I'm new here. What should I do? And there are great resources on different campuses with the career centers, but then don't stop there. Go to clubs and talk to students at clubs. Look at alumni that you have within um, your organization now and ask them for advice of different clubs or different professors that they really liked working with. Um, If you don't have alums, you know, the Career Center tends to be the great first stop. Um, but keep keep asking questions, say hello. They're always willing to talk. The other great thing to do is also offer some resources. So we do a lot of mock interviews. We do some resume reviews. I do webinars on how do you get connected on LinkedIn with advice and different things like that. Um, if you're willing to share industry knowledge or have managers, directors, et cetera, from your org even share industry knowledge, Giving something is always helpful and it's always also a way to engage with students in a smaller, more meaningful way as well. How do you think recruiting for high school and college candidates is different from other populations? I mean, obviously, as we have a whole team dedicated to this internally, where do you see the variances? Yeah. Um, so, and you know this, I bleed university recruiting. It's my passion. I love talent acquisition, but um, this is kind of my niche and and what I love. So I think, you know, um, we're hiring the next generation. So we're hiring Gen Zers right now. So we're looking forward and building that. that. So you need to be very um, knowledgeable, I think is a good way to say it, of who are we recruiting and what is important to them. Um, which is very different than when it's an experienced hire candidate that you're talking to. Um, So they care more about than just the job. So one of the things that um, we're learning from Gen Zers is they want um, employers that show a commitment to diversity. Over 90% of them say that is something they look at and is important to them before they will take a job. Um, and then on top of that, they want their work to be meaningful. They ha- want, which includes their job duties, their responsibilities. They want career advancement and skill development. Comp and benefits is 
important, but it's not their top one, which is a pretty cool. Um, and then culture and work-life balance are also equally important. So look at what you can offer as an organization. Talk to those. Be open about what maybe you're still working on, you're still having some challenges about. Um, so that's one thing. You're also going to get students that are new at this, um, you know, and um, they your interview with them could be the first interview they've ever had. Um, you could be, you know, you need to open it up a little bit when you're talking to them about examples. So they may have really awesome, amazing school examples that show you that they have that potential that you're looking for in early career. Um, but they can't give you a work example um, that, that demonstrates that. So being open and uh, in your interview process to really focus on that potential, but also open to different examples that can tell you the same valuable behavioral interviewing um, technique, you know, using behavioral interview to help that. And then also I would say like the offers typically involve them needing or wanting to talk to their parents, which is very different than experienced hires. Um, so you kind of tend to get to the off stage and now you're all of a sudden this coach or this guide of, have you thought about this? Do you know what a 401k match means? Do you know what ESPP is? Um, and all these things and these foreign acronyms that are coming their way in an overwhelming time. So you kind of pivot in the interview process from assessing them and then now all of a sudden you're their coach or their guide. Um, it's different, but it's super rewarding when you see them come in and grow and go into all these really cool jobs. Potential is so key. You know, I keep thinking about how, for, for example, how the military has used that. You know, when they're when you are testing to go into the military, the test you're taking is all about potential. And utilizing that in this space makes so much sense because they might not have that perfect example. Like you said, that work example of like, this is how I solved a problem and these are the people I collaborated with. But it doesn't mean they have not experienced that either through projects or jobs or just, you know, maybe leadership roles within their organizations in their in their campuses. One of the one of the things, um, Sherry, that I always think about and an example I kind of give a lot is when I was working in um, management consulting, I one of the candidates that we hired was actually a cello performance major to be a management consultant. He is a super, super successful um, uh, leader in a very large insurance company now. Um, but everybody was like, cello performance. He was so smart and had so many examples from all the clubs that he had been a part of, all the extra classes he was taking that you wouldn't have ever thought twice about it once you met him. But on paper, his degree, you were like, what? What's going on here? Um, and that's one of my my, my favorite examples. What strategies um, for recruiting have you found most successful in this population? Yeah, um, being strategic is definitely key. Um, so as as I said up front, right, there's 20 million college students out there. So um, the there is definitely a lot of people there, but um, do what you do well, not 8,000 things. So pick and be very strategic in, in how you're addressing and talking to students. Be authentic and genuine. Um, you know, we see the data shows that a lot of the um, new college grads that are accepting jobs state actually their relationship with their recruiter as a reason why they're joining the job, which is a, a little bit different. Um, but it's that you get that connection and you really focus on that potential and you build that with them um, on the recruiting side. You're going to want to make sure that you are posting the roles at the 
campus, but also on your website. So if you're targeting certain campuses um, or you have an idea of campuses that you'd like to target, um, it's free to post on the, the campus site. So that's really great, but also have it on your website. Um, and then you're going to look for groups and organizations to join too um, for you as a talent acquisition professor professional to share best practices. So there's some really great orgs out there that we're a part of, um, that we share best practices. It's a very um, collaborative group of university recruiting um, leaders that will share, you know, this platform worked for me or that didn't for me. And you have these conversations and you walk out of it just so excited with a new idea. Um, I think there's a few more things. So moving quickly through the process. So college students are interviewing with lots of people at the same time because that's how it, it how it goes on uh, university campuses. Is there's time slots um, and times, you know, fall and then spring. Um, there's career fairs and then everybody tends to interview right after the career. And um, so keeping keeping that in mind and being able to move quickly, um, converting interns and um, is also really important. Um, if you have interns, being able to uh, get them into full-time roles, moving, um, you know, the, the more you can kind of get into those smaller settings, like I mentioned before, is important. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, I think it's just um, working to chip away at building your brand at the schools that you're at. So be patient. Don't expect that the first time you go there, you're going to make 50 hires or whatever you want to make. It's going to take, uh, you know, at least a year for students to know who you are. Um, and then once you've made hires from that school and you have alumni going back, that helps you even more. So, so pack that patience a little bit too. I do plan to do an episode on internships uh, actually at the end of the summer. Um, we have about 50, I think, starting with our org here in a, in a couple weeks. Um, so how do internships play a role in this type of recruiting? How are you thinking about utilizing that? Yeah, interns are awesome as a start to the pipeline. So you start having that relationship with interns, you get to test drive them for 12 weeks, which is great. You really get to um, dive in and see how they're going to do in the role. You get to kind of see it a little bit easier. Um, you know, they're great pipeline. You at the end of August, we make offers and we look to, you know, bring them back on board and you can utilize them then when you're out on campus on fall, they're talking to friends, you can ask them for referrals. Um, they're a great brand ambassador for you, whether or not you give them an offer to return, they're a brand ambassador for you. So um, you always want to make sure they are having a good experience. You're upfront and transparent with them. Um, but you can utilize them in so many different ways that way to also gain ideas. We do a focus group at the end of every summer with our interns to gain more um, intel from them and ideas and thoughts and, and just make sure we're on the right page. And you can do internships at any level of a, a, any size of company too. Great advice. I think all of this is timely as you think about going into the summer and planning for your next uh, season of recruiting when it comes to campus recruiting. So Carly, thanks for taking a few minutes to jump on with me today. Of course. Anytime, Sherry. Thanks for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.